the book of Psalms, number two. Why are the nations in an uproar, and the peoples devising a vain thing? The kings of the earth take their stand, and the rulers take counsel together against the Lord and against his anointed, saying, Let us tear their fetters apart, and cast away their cause from us. He who sits in the heavens laughs, the Lord scoffs at them. Then he will speak to them in his anger, and terrify them in his fury, saying, But as for me, I have installed my king upon Zion, my holy mountain. I will surely tell of the decree of the Lord. He said to me, You are my son. Today I have begotten you. Ask of me, and I will surely give the nations as your inheritance, and the very ends of the earth as your possession. You shall break them with a rod of iron. You shall shatter them like earthenware. Now therefore, O kings, show discernment. Take warning, O judges of the earth. Worship the Lord with reverence and rejoice with trembling. Do homage to the Son, that he not become angry, and you perish in the way. For his wrath may soon be kindled. How blessed are all who take refuge in him. Amen. Amen. This morning, I declare everyone present here blessed. Because your refuge is in the Lord. Because your refuge is in the Lord Jesus Christ. Because you have taken refuge in him. Therefore, we declare you blessed this morning in the name of Jesus Christ. I feel like saying this, it is well with you from the top of your head to the soles of your feet. Everyone paying attention to the word coming for this morning. Every affliction, every disorder, every disease, these words rebukes it in the name of Jesus Christ. Healing is established for you. In the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. All right, as we take our seats, let's take our declaration of understanding. One, two, let's go. Now I declare. Now I declare that the Lord has given me the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of Him. And I'm being filled with the knowledge of His will in all spiritual wisdom and understanding. As a result of this, I'm walking in a manner worthy of the Lord. I'm pleasing Him in all respects. I'm bearing fruit in every good work. And I'm increasing in the knowledge of God. Now again, I incline my ears to his word. God is entering my heart. He's giving me light and direction. He's healing me in every area. And it's making me more and more like the Lord Jesus. In the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. All right, the Lord is good. Let's take that seat. Now let me quickly get into the teaching for today. That is it's a new series we are starting. Um, I forgot to determine the title for the series. I forgot to do that. I planned to, but I forgot. But I know what we want to talk about. I actually planned something to teach today. And um, the series is going to be on faith again. There was a time my wife said she thinks I'm a faith teacher. I said, why do you say so? Then we went through the number of books and series of messages I have that, has, that had a title faith. And I said, ah, that's not a lie. I, I still don't think I'm a faith teacher, but just that that was quite plenty. Like, uh, there's a book, one of the, um, well, we've had the book for a long time, is um, Great Faith Can Be Yours. By Faith Acquire Life. Give me another one. Huh? He that believes, thank you, he that believes. The Habit of Faith, that was a compilation of sermons, but the main title, the main sermon chosen to title it is The Habit of Faith. No, book. Okay, okay, series, all right. Uh, if, not, if you want to take the message series. In fact, 
It's so plenty that I don't even know how to get another title again. I've used all the titles I have faith, <laughs> faith environment. <laughs> all right, the Lord is good. We have faith basics, culture of faith, um, um, hmm? all kinds of things on faith. So I said, okay, it's true. But you see, actually Christianity is the faith. That's what it is. It is the faith. So we'll continue to talk about the faith. And this uh, morning, um, over the last few weeks, I had a strong desire to start in another series of teachings on faith. Especially because, you see, at the end of the day, we always have to go back to the fundamentals. Christianity, if you look at everything, at the end of everything, eh, is a very simple. The, the things we're actually pushing, there are few. There are few. They are not plenty. They are not plenty. Different ways we arrive at them, but they are not plenty. I like the way Paul said it. He said, the goal of our instruction. How did he say that again? He said, the goal of our instruction is love from a pure heart, a good conscience, and a sincere faith. That's everything. I just quoted from First Timothy chapter 1. Let's read it. First Timothy chapter 1. I read the whole verse there, but let's just go back there together. First Timothy chapter 1. I'll read, um, that was verse 5, but let's back up a bit. Let me start from verse um, 3. He said, as I urged you upon my departure from Macedonia, remain on at Ephesus, so that you may instruct certain men not to teach strange doctrines, not to pay attention to myths and endless genealogies, which give rise to mere speculation rather than furthering the administration of God, which is by faith. Now, instead of paying attention to those things, those strange doctrines, say, but the goal of our instruction is love from a pure heart, a good conscience, and a sincere faith. He said, for some men strained from these things, that is, these basic things, have turned aside to fruitless discussion. Wanting to be teachers of the law, even though they do not understand either what they are saying or the matters about which they make confident assertions. That is, what Paul was saying is at the end of the day, no matter the depth of revelation you want to release, it must have, it always returns to the basics. I don't know whether you are getting my point. What should it produce? It must produce love from a pure heart. Now, love here is talking about love for the brethren. Love for people. That's what they're talking about. That's the focus. Love from a pure heart. Then you having a good conscience and a sincere faith. That is love towards God. That's what faith is. That's love towards God. So when people finish um, discussing deep doctrines, just watch the lives of the people that pay attention to those doctrines. If you don't see improvement in their walk of faith before God. Now, listen, let me quickly say this. Faith is not, I just collect, I collect, I collect. Faith does collect. Faith also gives up. I mean, like, not just give out something. Say, I don't want, leave it. That's, also, that's one thing faith does again. If you see faith as always collecting, that faith is not balanced. It's only one side of the coin. Faith has blessings. It has responsibilities. I hope you're getting my point. So faith is not just, you know, I learned at the time a kind of faith that only was used to grab something. 
that's not the main thing that faith does, even though it does that also. If God gives you a promise, faith activates it for you. Okay? But that's not all there is to faith. But just looking at what Paul said here, this is just what Christianity is about. It is love from a pure heart. Having a good conscience and walking in sincere faith. Please, before I get into my message in details, all right? Let me just share something I saw this week. I always fall in for this thing. It's politics, all right? It's not politics. It's political responsibility. It's civic responsibility, what I want to discuss briefly. Actually, I'd never seen anything like that, even though I believed those things that somebody, somebody shared a video, and I was so blessed. In fact, I started sharing the video with as many people as possible. I forgot to tell some of you I shared it with. Olayinka, you saw it. I, did you forward it to Kingdom World Group? That was actually my aim, you know? So I shared Please do that, both on Telegram and um, WhatsApp, all right? An Indian Christian was speaking. And the end of his talk was the importance of the scriptures in shaping the characters of people. And one person, people have disagreed with me a lot of times. They keep on doing this chicken and the egg, which one came first kind of thing. When you talk about the problems in a nation like ours. So people say, what did somebody say? They should, you know, they shared a video where one Nigerian was working as a mate somewhere in the, one of these Middle Eastern countries. And the little boy said he wants to go to Nigeria. So to get him to get ready, maybe to go to school, they say, let's go to Nigeria. All right? Because obviously the maid was a good person. You will see her there. She's a Nigerian. So this Arab boy or something was just saying, I want to go to Nigeria. I want to go to Nigeria. So we said, oh, the maid must be a very good person. Someone now passed a comment. You see, Nigerians are good people. They only have bad leaders. Now, if you believe that, I think not, you are, something is wrong with your head. If you believe that, I think you are not normal. I'm sorry. I'm angry. I told the person who said it, I said, yes, they have bad leaders who come, happen to come from Ghana. I don't know whether I got my point. Yes, How can Nigerians be good people? They have bad leaders. Are the leaders Europeans? The leaders. You know, it's so funny because the people talking, I feel like just pointing that I have former commissioners among the group talking who said they only have bad leaders. Former heads of, you know, civil service, sitting chief executives of heavy government parastatals, and they are discussing that Nigerians have bad leaders. And I feel like you people are very irresponsible. You are leaders saying we are bad leaders. I don't know whether you're getting my point. Leaders are meeting. I said the problem with this country is bad leadership. And the people talking are leaders. At my stage in life, God will punish me if I say the problem of Nigeria is bad leadership. Because as far as God is concerned, Banky, what are you? Right now, God counts me as a leader in Nigeria. Okay, in case you do not know, what does it mean to be a leader? Is for your voice to influence people. As far as I'm concerned, if you control directly or indirectly, or let's say directly, the decisions and behavior of up to 20 people, you're a leader. For example, if you're a civil union, a student union ex school, you're already a leader. If you're a dean, if you're a head of department, you're a leader. Please, I hope you're getting my point. So the person said, the problem in Nigeria is a leadership. They are good people. I said, ah, I said, yes, so they are good people. They happen to have bad leaders who are all chosen from Ghana. You get my point? They have bad leaders who are all chosen from, Yugos- uh, what they call it, from Slovenia. They have bad leaders who all came from Australia. I say, you forget one thing. All these leaders are Nigerians. So if Nigerians are good people, why are their leaders not good? And then, again, one British man says something which I never forgot. He has said it so beautifully. 
I know everything he said in there, so I don't need to look. I have the essay somewhere, but no point to look for, for it. But you can look for it, uh, all right, and read it. He said he worked in Nigeria, partly or full-time, for about 20 years. When he was leaving, so he wrote that article. He said, Nigeria is a truly egalitarian society. Now, for information, people don't know something. Many of the things that they complain about in the world, I wonder that America will complain, Europe will complain. It doesn't exist in Nigeria. For example, now, gender disparity in pay. Has it ever been an issue in Nigeria? Nigerians understand the meaning of gender disparity in pay. You walk into a bank, whether you're a man or a woman, you're paid the same. It's not even discussed. The MD does not discuss it. He fixed the pay before you came. It depends on your rank. But do you know this issue is a big matter in Europe? It's a big matter in North America till now. That the men earn more than the women. Some will argue that it's because they do different things. He said, no, even when it is the same thing. But Nigeria, you know, really, we don't even know we are supposed to do that. Once you can fulfill the role, we pay you. We don't check whether you're a man or a woman. That's what the man meant when he talked about truly egalitarian. When you use the word egalitarian, just mean everybody is equal. Everybody is the same. Now, again, like I give, give, give as, a, as an illustration, for those who don't believe it, just think about it for a moment. Your governor, who's his father? Whatever you are listening to us from, once he's from Nigeria, think about who's my governor's father. Think about your senators. You realize that your senator's father eh, probably was the driver of the next senator's father. I don't know whether you're getting my point. Anybody can become anything. You go to your campus, listen to your professors talk, who their parents are. Some of them, their parents are professors. Some of them, their parents were gardeners or professors. But because they were gardeners or professors, they got into university on that same campus got a good degree, entered the academics. A few years later, they are also professors. That's typical Nigerian story for you. You know the point? We don't have a ruling class. So that's what that guy was trying to say. He said he has not, not noted it. He said that, that's one point he made. Another point he made is that they also all behave alike. So he said something. He said, remove all these leaders now. He said, he read this a few years ago. Then go to the street, randomly, randomly pick another set of people and replace them. He said they will behave exactly the same. So that's why, I, you know, I hear this one, and I want to go into politics now. I hear we say that we need to get it right this time. I said, I have not seen anybody contesting that's different. I did all the Nigerians. I did not all Nigerians. Bring me somebody from the moon, then I'll campaign that this fellow is different. Anyway, bear that in mind. That, that man was saying it. And I believe it totally. He said, look, they truly, he said, go to the streets, randomly pick people, remove all these leaders and put them there. He said, well, they will do exactly the same thing. This was a white man talking. He lived in Nigeria, walked off and on in Nigeria for about 20 years. It was when he was finally leaving. He said, I've seen these people. He said, he said the man on the street, the one in Asso Rock, he said, they are all the same. They reason alike. I thought there's a video I saw, right? So this video now captured everything for me in a way that I said, my God, never seen it like this before. The man said, he was talking about corruption. He's an Indian and he's a Christian. He said he saw how corruption destroys things. He said he went with a friend to go and buy milk many years ago now because he was talking about Gilda. The Dutch, they don't use their, you know, Holland. Their currency before was a Dutch Gilda. They don't use a Gilda anymore. They now use Euro like everybody else around them. So they went to buy, so this must have been a while ago. He said they went to buy milk. Because the place where they sell milk, they say, I've never seen that kind of farm, you know, mechanized, everything. Time to buy milk, there was nobody there. The person put the bottle of milk, filled his bottle with fresh milk, 
went to where he was supposed to pay. There was a bag of money. He put 20 guilders in, you know, went through it, collected his change, and took his milk and left. He said, well, looking at the guy like, sorry, what just happened? He said, he told the fellow, if you are an Indian, you will take the milk and the money, and you will go away. And that one laughed and said, no, it doesn't work like that here. And he now began to analyze what was going on. He said, wait. The man said, if the buyer is corrupt, that is, he comes, doesn't pay for the milk. He said, the milk seller is forced to hire a sales girl. Said number one, he has a salesperson to monitor it. The money to pay for the salesperson comes from the sale of milk. So the price of milk has gone up. He said, by the way, if you are corrupt, why won't he be corrupt? So he adds water to his milk to make it increase in volume so he can sell some more. So you are getting less milk for more money. Do you understand that? He said, next, you get angry. You go to the government and say, appoint milk inspectors because they are cheating us in milk. So the government appoints milk inspectors he didn't say this, but I realized it. Then increase your tax to pay the milk, milk inspectors. You pay more tax. Then the milk inspector, why should he be different from the buyer and the seller? So he can also collect bribes and allow you to continue buying bad milk. You see, at the end of the day, you, the average person, each time you pay, you are paying for your sin. <laughs> Did you catch that? That was what he said that hit me. He said, it's time you pay money, you are paying for your sin. Because you are dishonest, you end up paying twice as much for milk. But you don't, now this is the point, you don't realize you are the problem. You never realize you are the problem. Which is what I keep on preaching. When I see Nigerians, they are rubbish, get your PVC, elect the true leaders. I said, and they will rule over who? The same set of people? Moses was a good leader. He failed. Why? He ruled over evil people. People that he said they are stubborn, stiff-necked. And I say people all the time. I see an average person around. You know the truth? They are stubborn. They are stiff-necked. Nigerians, listen to me again. You don't deserve a good leader. If it's deserve, you deserve a horrible leader. You deserve a leader that will wake up, come to a house, bring you out, shoot two or three people, go to the next house, say, who called my name yesterday? You, we need a tyrant. What we deserve. I'm not saying that's what we are going to get. I'm just saying what we deserve. And one of the things we don't understand is that what we deserve is often... <laughs> let me give you an example. We lie, we cheat, and all of that. We deserve punishment. But the thing that God punishes the most shocks many people. is grumbling. Refusal to recognize how much mercy he has shown you over the years. Oh, that one. If he flogs you ten strokes for stealing... For immorality. He gives 50 for grumbling. People don't know that. And one of the reasons why he does it is that, how old are you? You are 50. Where do you walk to tell him? How much do you earn? You tell him. So how many children? Say, I have three. Where are they? Say, two are in university, one is in secondary school. They are healthy. Yes. All right? Now let me tell you what you deserve. Two of these children were supposed to die at the age of five and six. They're supposed to have one now who's half mentally balanced. Why? That's what you deserve. You're a wicked soul. And he'll show you the reason why. 
just play your life back for you over the first 25 years. Say, look at you. Then because one day you went to church, you said, God, I beg now. I forgive your sins. I blessed you. And you think you deserve these children and this work and this income? Every day what I hear from you is what your mates abroad are getting. Meanwhile, what your mates are really getting is eternal damnation and hellfire. I never hear from you to say thank you. So when he wants to punish, his punishment eh, is for grumbling. Is all the punishment he has spared you since you were 15. That's why just for grumbling, he piles all of it on top. That is why if you see the way I talk about this election thing, it hurts me, pains me when I hear the nonsense Nigerians talk. I say, you deserve good leader. Where? Do you pay taxes? You don't even pay taxes. You cheat on everything. You break traffic rules. If it, it is red, as far as you are concerned, you are colorblind. Then you tell me you deserve a good leader. Forget how you will get the good leader. That's not the point. Who should give you a good leader? You think good leadership is a right? It's not a right. Like health is not a right. Long life is not a right. It's a blessing. It's a blessing. It's a blessing. So anytime you see it, you should worship. It's the reason why anytime you see food, please don't even mistakenly swallow it without giving thanks. You swallow a curse. And I don't care how rich you are. You have seen in recent times now that money can fail anytime. Now, it is, you know, if you have not learned anything from what happened in recent times, you are a hopeless case. That God doesn't know how to teach you again. So if you see food to eat, I beg you, give thanks for it. It has happened to me before. In fact, the other day I got to my house. I had to pray, Lord, please, I'm hungry. Because there was nobody at home. Do you, I don't know whether you get my point. I was the one that opened the door. I was really hungry. Now, if I tell you one of the reasons why I was hungry, you will laugh. You know one of the reasons? I didn't know where to buy something on the road with, PO, with POS. Because I didn't have a dime in cash. Not a, not a cobble. All of you know what was going on. Naira, all my old Naira had gone to the bank. I didn't have any new Naira. And in case you do not know, eh, I normally don't spend money much. So just a little bit money I tend to have, and I usually have because I don't spend much. If I do, most of the things I buy in a month, most of the time it's fuel I buy. So I, using a card was never a problem for me. So the little cash I have can stretch for like 250 years. <laughs> so this one... <laughs> And they say, okay, carry all your cash, return to the bank. So all the little cash I had, I'd return the cash, and they have new cash. That's when I realized that small, do you know, one day I was praying that my tire, to pump my tire was going to be a problem. Because the guy would ask for 200 bucks, and I would say, do you have POS? And you know, the guy would look at me like, excuse me, POS to pump tire? I said, bros, that's the only way I can do it. So that day I got to the house. The house is big, the freezers are full, but there was no food for this man of God. Because there was nobody in the house. I don't, I don't know how to look in the freezer for food. Those of you can do it, God bless you. Have you ever looked for, in the freezer for food? Those days when my wife would travel and leave only me a house, she would put everything in the freezer. You know, as she left it, and so she go meet him. This guy is eating only bread and so garrity, she comes back. <laughs> you know, my problem is not because I'm too big to tough food, though. It's that it is not when I'm hungry. And I identify which pot is what. <laughs> no, no. I don't have that patience. I just go collect bread, spread something on it, sit down, put uh, stuff in the cup, shake it, and sleep. Then you wake up tomorrow morning, you are hungry again. You do it again. <laughs> anyway, the Lord is good. Well, I'm good at that day. I actually said, I just said, Lord, please, 
I'm hungry. And, and I, I knew he would do something. Let me not tell you what he did. I won't tell you what he brought, because you're going to laugh at me and say, hey, is that a miracle? For me, it was a miracle. The Lord is good. Now, what am I trying to say? It's God that provides. When he gives you food, don't assume you have money. Still thank him for it. And there are those, who, there's plenty cash, there's plenty food, there's no mouth. Ah. You say, what do you mean no mouth? You have not seen diseased mouth before. Some of them, doctor, they block something behind. Say, sorry, food can't pass through there. Let's give you a small tube, put it here. When you are hungry, pour food inside. Please, it may sound like I'm being dramatic, but I mean it. When you sit down to eat, there was one joke, somebody, a skit, one guy did. He wanted to sow Gary. You know Gary? Which is the will of God concerning the it's good food. Manna must have looked like Gary. If you check your Bible, Manna and Gary, the description is very similar. No, go and read it. And very easy to cook, just like Gary. Gary is the easiest. You know how to eat Gary? Pour it in water, it's food. Put hot water, it is food. On top of beans, it is food. Father God, thank you for Gary. Give us more in Jesus' name. So one guy wanted to sow Gary. So he bent his head. He was doing sign of the cross, wanted to pray. So the other guy looked like he said, Now Gary, you want soup? Wait, they pray like this. What do you want? May it turn to fried rice. Meanwhile, he was going to soak Gary. That one didn't answer him. That one just soaking his guy normally. He just he sat down. To sit down, he kicked his guy up. <laughs> off the stool, onto the floor. Beautiful skit on Thanksgiving. He was happy the other one said, Oh, you are, you are praying this prayer to thank God because of Gary. So he can turn to fried rice, Abby. He took his own for granted. Next day, it was inside the sand. The Lord is good. Please, I'm going to emphasize something here. Eh? If anybody tells you we deserve good leaders, the person is lying to you. We don't. What we deserve is what? Judgment, punishment, affliction. So, Pastor Banker, you say we'll never get good leaders. No, we will. Based on the principle of what? Mercy. So it's not we deserve. Say, Lord, please now, help us. And when you are saying it like that, you are looking at yourself as part of the problem. Yeah, we are acknowledging God that we are the ones that run this country. We are the ones. No leader did it. None. Each leader you see is a representation of the people around him. Say, Lord, now we. When you see bad government, see how look at all that state. Everybody in that state is bad. Yeah, because that's why their governor is bad. What I've told is a matter of fact, don't don't when they want to change, they say, This time around we must get it right. How can you get it right? At that level, when that's not where the problem is. The man I was telling you about, the message he preached, he showed how each time people, I mean, you can see that small analysis. Say, each time you pay for something, you are paying for your sin. So the real value may be 200 naira. If you are paying 1,005, 1,300 is for what? Your sin. I don't know about now, those days in shops abroad, they calculated that about 15% of the money people pay for goods, was to compensate for the one stolen. If you enter a shop, you pay maybe $100 for some stuff. They said the real value is 85 That they had to put 15%, they are $15 extra thereabout on it to compensate for the one people like you we steal. You are not the one that stole this that we know. Now you will we catch. Because if we don't do that, we'll be out of business at the end of the year. They may have reduced it now with the amount of... Well, anyway, let me not even go to that detail. But you get the idea of each time we are paying for what? Our sins. That's what the man said. 
So now say, what is the hope? And it's the same thing I've said for a long time. That it is the change in the character of the people. It is the change. Okay, so people say, well, how do people change? And back to what I've always said. The only hope is where? The church. And the church, the only hope is where? The pulpit. So you want to know the real problems of Nigeria? All those pastors that lie. You want to know the real problems of Nigeria? Those pastors that mobilize for candidates from the pulpit. You want to know the problem of Nigeria? Those pastors that tell you how many churches we have can go to the grassroots and seize power. They are the problem. Because they are not telling Nigerians the truth. Like uh, my son tweeted the other day, I had to retweet it. He said, this mobilization for PVC. He said, why don't, if we six months use that mobilization for righteousness, maybe we will have change. I'm going to say, today we are sharing, go and collect your PVC. Why don't you say, today, everybody that gets this, you will not steal. Any office where you work, don't look at, you know, some people, once you, once you finish doing something for them, we are finished, sir. You get the point. They are looking for what you will give them. I have a bad habit. I ain't giving you shishi. Giving people money is not my problem. But just get on my knees where can't you just do your work and be content with your wages? I went to court one day years ago. I needed to do an affidavit for something. When I finished, because I went through the process. These days, people hardly go bother. They just pay the money. They, they sign some things in comfort of their homes. I went through the, the process. I stood before the commissioner of oaths. She looked at me and I did the sign. I signed everything. When I finished, I said, thank you, ma. It was a lady. He said, ah, doc, did they take mouth? Say thank you for this country. I said, yes. And I kept on going. I felt I said, ma, if you came to my office, you will tell me thank you and I'll tell you don't mention. And you will walk away. That's what I do. Even when we're resident doctors, I remember one man, you know, he walked... You know, his son was sick. His son was on admission. So he came. I work in the, of course, histopathology department. So help him get stuff ready. He saw the way we did. By the time we finished, the guy brought money, gave me, and started walking away. I pushed him back, gave him back his money. He said, no. I said, my mind, I can't tell my chief I took money from you. Am I mad? Give him his money back. And if you know how broke this guy was that time, eh? yeah, if you wanted to define broke, just come and film my life that time. I said, no, I'm sorry, you. I can't. But my mind was that. How do I tell my chief? Coincidentally, I was with yesterday because she came to Enugu. How do I tell her that? Because we are the, we're working on that. She, she is really her work. We're just like assisting. He try, I said, no, no, no. Please, please, sir. I'm sorry. My gassy spirit was looking at that money. <laughs> I needed it. But I couldn't take it. One day, another man and his wife walked into my office also. Said that they needed their, their, their child's histology report on time and all of that. I looked at them. We'll do our best. I said, look, in two days, or two or three days, I said, the woman explained that, look, this is only male child he has. They need to treat him. So I saw his wife just say something to him. So he calmed down. She gave him a sign. So the guy called me outside. So I, I came out. I said, please, like, what will it take? I said, sir, the three, I can't remember the number of days. I said, if it was my son, is that three days? I told him flat. I said, even if it's my own son, it can't be quicker than the time I've given you. I don't need any inducement. And he told me that, look, that he's an oil worker. I said, in my mind, so? <laughs> yeah, the guy told me that he's an oil worker, so like, it's not a, what will it, I <laughs> look at this man and say, I had to tell him the process. I said, this thing, eh? the machine that processes, it runs 24 hours. 
If you give the machine money, it won't do it in 12 hours. <laughs> I didn't add other part to it. But I told him, I said, look, there's a process, okay? That's why we need a full day for that. Then this is done by human mind. We can't rush it. So give us another day so that my bosses will sit down and give you a perfect you know, diagnosis. Ah. Okay. So, of course, he was disappointed. But then I made it clear to him, there is nothing. If you like, give me money. I won't hasten it. I can lie. Some people are good at lying. So, okay, no problem. No problem. You collect the money. Tomorrow. They go first go and eat the money today. When you come back tomorrow, say, ah, it was supposed, it just about to be ready like this. Then, then, yes, Nepal just struck. First thing the next day, okay, you will get it. Next day, guy, you will just lock that office now. That day he told you originally. Is when you see be ready, you now come and give you say, sir, I left everything I was doing to bring it for you this morning. You are the one that wanted to be deceived. That man said in that um, short um, clip that the problem with the nation is the change in the character of people. And I say it again the only people that can change the character of people that I'm aware of. In fact, that man said, that's why God gave us the Bible. That's why he ended his own. He's an Indian. I am saying now, we have the, I mean, we are not all Christians in Nigeria, I know that. But those of us who are Christians, we are called the light for a reason. We are called the salt for a reason. We have to get out and go and do things differently. That is the hope this country has. That's why you see me talk the way I talk. When it gets, it gets on my nerves, people say that what we need now is to vote. That's, that's rubbish. That's pure border dash. I tell people, I say, if Jesus came as uh, the ruler of this country, the country won't be much different. People say, ah, what do you mean? I say, I went to his hometown. The Kuludu Mighty Works. Didn't you see the reason? They are unbelief. If Jesus gave a decree, came to Nigeria, gave, went to National Assembly, you know we're running democracy. You know we're running democracy. Are you aware of it? That's why we're voting. So National Assembly is made up of how many people? Those of you who know uh, policy, quickly give me the name, the number. Huh? Okay, 469. All right, let's just say about 470, all right, just to make it easy to talk. Let, just under 500, all right, people. Senate and House of Rep put together. So Jesus comes to address the joint house, and they are supposed to approve his budget. Do you think he forces people to approve budget? He got to his own house, he said, I'm at the door knocking. He got to the National Assembly, he go knock, tire. He will knock, his fingers will almost break. They will be deliberating. You say what we need is maybe five hundred billion to turn power sector around. They say what you need is seven fifty. Jesus, as the head of state, he will say no. We will do it effectively. I've talked with my ministers; they are good people, and the people are going to. What we need is five hundred billion. They say ah, we say seven fifty. If we're going to Jesus, person, your person, put budget like this. When they bring it back, he can't recognize it. They say the money you say is for is not enough. The painful part is that those who are saying it. They don't case how much of it. Ah, the oversight committee, what would they collect? Ah, by the time you give 500 billion to contractors, Oga, you think we came here? See, in one state not too far away from here, one government parastatal was being run. The MD of that government parastatal called the board member and said, listen, we are spending too much money on water, water supply. And they use a lot of water. They have found a way, this is what we can invest. There's a stream that's not too far away from here. 
is clean, is good. We build a water treatment plant. They will have water constantly. We don't have to spend this amount of water on tankers, shipping water up and down from waterworks and going to Ninth Mile and all of that, the boreholes. So he thought he had a beautiful idea. This is how much we will save. When he finished talking to the board members, they looked at him. They asked him whether he knew how much money they spent supporting the governor in his election. Yeah. That was the question they asked him. That is what you are saying. Do you know how much money we invested to support this, this governor to become governor? They didn't address. See, I've seen people say it before. They'll tell those guys, please, eat all the money you, if you want. But please, let me run the place well. When we have run it well, then eat all the money. I don't care. But it has to be that under my watch, this place is well run. They said no. Because they own the tankers that supply the water. They were running the place down. They didn't care. So the man said, no problem. I'll go and meet the chief executive of the state. So when they are state governor, managed to see the man. Well done, sir. See the problem I'm having. You gave me a job. I want to do it very well. The board members you gave me, they are not listening. This is what I told them. You know what the, gov- the man told him? If you cannot manage your board members, resign. So he resigned. The governor of the state told him, if you cannot manage your board members, resign. So the man came, gave him his resignation. Okay? I can't work like this. I'm giving you facts. And you think you... <laughs> Jesus will go to the National Assembly. <laughs> they will move impeachment motions against the King of Kings and the Lord of... <laughs> Impeach... Why? Because what is wrong with this guy? It is how... Do you, do, you, do you know how much we invested in the election? Those of you who think the election will change this country, I just laugh at you. You are confused. You are confused. Your frustration is waiting on the second Niger Bridge. Yeah, because you will vote the person you say. At the end of the day, the person will come to you and say, I don't die. Look at one country the other day. Their prime minister said, I know they do again. As I laugh it, as the one you, you know, they go and appoint small girl as prime minister. <laughs> Two things the Bible said is a sign that something's wrong with all of you. One, she's a girl. Two, she's a small one. <laughs> the Bible says, Youth are their leaders. Women rule over them. They combine both <laughs> and put the woman in charge. What did they catch her? She did. <laughs> they do bogalo for party. <laughs> when we all at the outside, the guy, the guy was drinking and having fun. Uh, you know what she said? Because she's prime minister, she won't live life again. Uh, I said, okay. <laughs> so they left her. The following year, which was late last year. This year, I think it's this year. This year, she just came, put resignation. Said I'm ready to do it again. Say why? Say I don't tire. That the pressure. I said I laugh. I laugh. <laughs> they could laugh. And those are very normal. Those ones they obey traffic laws. So. <laughs> those they know the part budget. So. Yeah, the woman looks. Say, eh? ah, ah, I'm not doing it again. That's what she said. That she can't stand the stress that she's going home. I said I laugh. I said yeah. we would have told you that she can't handle it. You want to be present over crazy people? You know, the most painful one is when you are making sense. And the people that have power to allow you walk says you are talking nonsense. You will say to them, listen, we need to do this. And power in this country will become constant. They say, eh. On our side of the country, have you fixed the rail? They say, we will get to that. That is, they divert, they, they will grant everything to a halt. I was telling my wife the other day, she was like, what? When she said, you know, real in Nigeria. I said, real, derail, derail, derail. I said, like, uh, this country. I said, why is it derailing? 
Because people will go at night, remove the iron. And go and say that's crap. The train will get there, get confused. And it went up with, they said, this government, this government, I said government. Then next thing now, no, what's going to happen? They will start paying communities hundreds of thousands of naira a month for each segment to police it. Where do you think money will come from? Ticket. Your ticket that was 2,000 before. You come on, they tell you 3,000 naira. When you want to talk, say, you want to, you want to pay 3,000 or we derail the train. Which one of the two? <laughs> each time you are paying for what? Sin. There are problems that Oyubuma does not know how to solve. He doesn't have them. He's so when he lays the rail, the rail stays there. He comes periodically, inspects it. Then one day we modernize it. And he said, This thing's work abroad. Why won't it work abroad? They don't have thieves who unhook metal. They remove everything. But that's what happens. So you hear that rain, the train derailed here, train derailed here. It's not, the, it's not bad construction, it's criminals everywhere. The time we were in darkness in the whole of the southeast for one straight month. We we're discussing what me and you discussed the other day. It was people that went, they knew how to do it. They threw something on the high tension of these things. The thing shunted, quite tripped off. Quite, they rode away kilometers of cables. It took a whole month for the thing to come back. I, well, I was fresh in Enugu that time. That was around 2001. One full month, nowhere around here had power, public power. People stole it somewhere around the Jew River. What makes me laugh is that if you catch them, you can't even do anything. The painful part is that the community around they are from will be the one to first man the first protest. One day, I couldn't believe my, where I used to live, my neighborhood. Where they meet, we were discussing problems in the country. It was when they were talking about these, um, there were these issues going on that time. How people were just stealing the government blind. Subsidy money, all those kind of things. How they needed to catch them and one man now say, hey, wait, wait, wait. <laughs> these are our people. These are our people. What? He said, ah, these are our people, no. After we have finished agonizing over the problem, he said, the thieves are our people, no. So we have to be careful. That's why I knew that there's trouble. Lived on my, on my street. Owned a the house there. Telling me, you know, the thieves are our people. So when I tell people when, that when Jesus becomes head of state in Nigeria, that's why... When he comes, he comes with vengeance against his enemies. No, he doesn't come and just be campaigning. Let me tell you how the real Jesus is. He come to the real Jesus, when he comes, in, when he wants to rule properly, he walks to the National Assembly. The budget is $750 billion. Say, sir, we think the money is not enough. Somebody shoots you. Then he continues. We are, by the time he's done, he has killed 75% of the members of the National Assembly. To the rest of you, I hope you have learned. When I talk, nobody opposes. Do you get me? Then they will now go to they will now say tyrant rules over Nigeria. <laughs> Everybody shouting, Likwan, you said they have the video. He said I have to jail people without trial. He said, I ha-. look, in his country, you chew gum, put it on the street, he puts you in prison. If you carry cocaine into his country, he shoots you. He said that's the only way to get place to develop. I don't have time for the critics. You criticize in the papers, he shuts down the newspaper. Now we are celebrating Singapore, Singapore, Singapore. The guy rude like Jesus Christ. <laughs> Where did that get it? Didn't you just read Psalm 2 just now? You will dash them to pieces like pottery. That is, you carry rod, pot, smash. You want to do democracy on evil people and have a developed country? 
continue dreaming. The Igbo you smoke is good quality. It is. Want to know how to pray? Brethren, get on your knees regularly. He said, God, Biko, have mercy on us. And ask yourself, am I contributing to the madness? And like I said, let me say, say it again. The real problem in Nigeria is my colleagues who lie, who mislead the people, who don't say these things that I'm saying. Who come and be complaining about Muslim, Muslim tickets? I say, that's our problem. Who be talking? You be hearing that? You be looking at me and say, you think it's our problem? The other day, they were shouting that uh, uh, Muslims gathered. Uh, some presidential candidates, we have a lot of them are Muslims, that they went there. When Christians gathered, did, our, did the, the presidential candidates, did he not also go there? Why are we talking as if, you know, as if we are not normal people? People, people of God, that's not, my own emphasis is that that's not our problem. If Jesus is elected head of state in this country, as of today, with the same legislators we have and the same citizens we have, we ain't going anywhere. Is that the one president said, I've tried my best. We were laughing at him. I said, me, I believe him. Me, I believe him. Me, I believe him. I have run ordinary university and hospital department. All the staff there put together, not up to 200. Maybe 180 something. And I have seen how impossible it is to get human beings to do things. You don't know human beings. <laughs> I laugh in Spanish. If your hope is on change of government, Nigeria changes, forget that nonsense. Better learn to hope in God's mercy. Man of God told me something a few days ago. No, yesterday. He said, I realized that God has a choice of two. He either gives us a Pharaoh or gives us a Saul. Man of God is telling me this. Did you hear that? Why Saul? He says Saul will make you crave for David. Why Pharaoh? Pharaoh will make you crave for deliverance. He said both of them will drive you to God. He said he doesn't have a choice. So, this is my long, long talk. Anyway, I hope it's enlightening people. What have I said so far? Why did I, how have I got there? Don't even know again. Uh, thank you, thank you, thank you. Uh, this man is listening very well. He said, I asked why did I get it? He said, I said the simplicity of the gospel, which is true. That the simple gospel remains. No matter what we are preaching, it must beget love from a pure heart, a good conscience, and sincere faith. If that thing is not affecting people in that direction, the gospel is a lie. Because that's how societies are transformed. That's how, in fact, thank you very much. That's how I remember that man. That man said, what we need in these societies is a change of character. He said, how can we achieve it? He said, that's how, why God gave us the scriptures. As an Indian. He said, that's why God gave us the scriptures. And I'm telling the church again, that is what you need. This is your rubbish mobilization it will st- Look, you will soon get frustrated. It won't take much. Elect whoever you want. In six months, you'll be singing the same song you sang eight years ago. Is this the change we voted for? Can you remember that? People will still curse God and the king. For sure. I don't even, you know, I have no shred of doubt in my mind concerning that. I don't have any shred of doubt in my mind concerning it. But when we preach this sincere gospel, it begets in the people Love from a pure heart, a good conscience, 
and sincere faith. Let me tell you something about sincerity of faith. First, I'm not trying to be popular. I thank God for that. So you can dislike me, you can log out. It's your bloody problem. It doesn't concern me. Yeah. After you're going to come back to me later and say, okay, I'm sorry. <laughs> you will, I'm sure. It's not in this now. I get it all the time. That day you said that I was very angry. I walked out. Did you walk back now? Because our brother told me that in one day. He says, I did we were preaching that thing. I was so angry. I didn't come back for one month. You know why he came back? Everything I said had come to pass. Some people were doing business in the particular way. I said, I didn't even know. I just all of you doing that one. She, all, all of you are going to prison. So he looked at me like, what kind of wicked soul are you? I'm supposed to start making money on Monday. He came about on Saturday. But at least he, he heeded instruction because he was about to blow. You know what they call blow? He was about to hammer so that money was start rolling in. This was on Saturday. It was supposed to start on Monday. So he came for Bible study on Saturday. So as I was preaching, I just told him that, listen. I just said, some people are doing business like this. They are doing this one. They are doing that. I said, all of you are good. I said, all those houses, you will sell them to get out of prison. And I just described what he was about to do. So he was angry. But at least he didn't do it. But he didn't come back to hear me preach. As if I can. <laughs> but I didn't know. I didn't know. About six weeks later, he came back. He went to see me. So God, I've not come in a long time. Why? He told me why. So why are you back now? He said, no, I didn't do it though. I said, eh? He said, all my friends that did it are in prison. I said, eh? He said, they are selling the houses one by one so they can come out of prison. <laughs> he said, thank you. God bless you, sir. That he didn't let me Go astray. Of course, it wasn't me. I didn't know he was doing it. It was the Holy Spirit. It was God, his father, who was taking care of him. Do you understand? <laughs> what am I going to say? Listen, this is my own understanding. I don't care who you are. Whoever God will appoint, which I will know by whoever wins the election and sits. You remember? Sitting. Whoever you are, you will do me good. Amen. You will do this nation good. Whoever you are, you will establish as much as lies within your power, righteousness and justice across the nation. Whoever you are, as much as lies within your ability, you will establish justice in this nation in the name of Jesus. God will use you to do us good. Like I tell Christians, claim that seat. You will be possessed. Being a ruler is not be smart enough. You can be possessed. We will possess you with the spirit of God. And they will not start praying against your enemies. Every enemy. Now, listen to this. I don't care whether you're a good man, whether you're a church man. I don't care who you are. If you will stand against the progress that God designed because of his mercy for us in this nation, you will lose your seat in the name of Jesus Christ. If you are a president, you will lose your seat. If you are a Senate president, you will lose your seat. If you are a governor, you will lose your seat. Hey, I jumped the other guy. Speaker of house, you will lose your seat. No matter IG of police, you will lose your seat. Chief of army staff, chief of defense staff, you will lose your seat. Once you stand in opposition to the mercy that God wants to show us in establishing peace, prosperity across the land, you will lose that seat in the name of Jesus. That's the least. If you are stubborn, you will lose your life. Yes, some people, God will remove the air from their seat. They will go house, see the plot. 
Then God buries them. That's the faith. That's the faith I'm operating by. That's the faith. Look, when they are counting the election this time around, me, I'm not going to move. I'm only going to vote. Okay, should I tell you the only reason I'm going to vote? Just one reason. Okay, 75% of the reason. So I'll be a good example. <laughs> you know, I tell Christians, you must vote. You know, you know I say that all the time? Yeah, I can't tell people to go and vote and I'll stay at home. Is it good? So I, I will go out. I will go and vote. Not just because I said it, but because, because it is true. That's what we are supposed to do. That means <clears throat> it's a sign that we are interested. So I tell Christians, please, everybody, take your PVCs. If you don't, if you have it, if you don't have it, are they still giving it out? They've stopped giving it out. If you have it, please take it that day. Walk over to your polling station. Be a good person. Kill properly. All right? Pray for the country again as you are voting. Be friends with those who don't vote the same way you want, you want to vote. doesn't matter. Vote, then go home. Please don't cause trouble. Don't start another answers. <laughs> I hope you know answers didn't help anybody. Please go home. Vote, go and sit down. And continue to pray. Knowing one thing for sure, God will bless you. And God will bless this land. And like I said the other time, let me say it again. I want to finish this round of election. Eh? Join a political party. Nothing wrong with it. I'm not planning to join. I'm not leading by example in diarrhea. <laughs> I can't join a political party because if I join a political party, this uh, feedback manager, in America, if I don't join his, his political party, he won't come to me. No one again. So I can't come here and be a pastor is in um, Abga. Anyway, the guy, which one you did? I don't know. Somewhere. <laughs> okay, no, he's in PDP because he, he works for the government. You know, so that's why I can't join. But I think you should, all right? <clears throat> Are you planning to join? You look like a counselor. <laughs> Not too young to run. That role is... <laughs> yes, no. I don't, what, do you have any counselors here? Okay. Chibukem. You look like a good local government chairman. <laughs> no, really, seriously. We should come for Bible study and have counselors and local government chairmen from different parties. I want somebody from Afghan, one from APC, one from PDP. They will eat from the same communion table. And you know Nigeria is good. The Lord is good. All right, that's a smaller side, but I believe that we have been um, instructed by that. Okay, so back to the main place where I went into that from. So, sincere faith, all right, a good conscience, and love from a pure heart. Those three things are the things that mark true ministry. That is the product in the life of believers. So, we are going to go back to look at the issue of sincere faith again. And I want to talk about the fact that faith is crucial for our lives as believers. Let me go over that again. Faith is crucial. So I'm going back to the fundamentals about faith again. Um, we'll do this for a number of weeks. I don't know how long it will be, but it may take a while. But please try and focus and let's try and achieve something. Now, faith is not just, of course, it is a way of life. It's a way you reason. Faith is the way you conduct yourself. Faith is a lifestyle. But it is not just that. I want to emphasize something. That's what I want to start with. Faith is not just a lifestyle. People of God is not just a lifestyle. Faith is actually a technology. So what do you mean? I'll explain. Faith is a technology. Faith 
Now, if it's just a lifestyle, it's the way I do things. So you can predict according to normal, natural order of things. Like now, if I come out in the morning and I have a smile on my face, I probably will receive smiles. I hope you're getting my point. Okay, I probably will have good relationship with people. You can predict it. But faith is beyond that. This is what faith does. I said it's a technology. So for that reason, it is creative. It affects the environment in ways that cannot be explained by psychology or by, you know, physical calculations. For example, faith could say something like this. You look up at the moon one day and says, this moon, I wonder how it will feel to walk on it. One day we will walk on it. That doesn't make any sense. All right? Now, you are living in modern day, so it looks reasonable. But think about 150 years ago. People were observing these things with telescopes and trying to map the surface. Then somebody of faith says, we will walk on it. Now, this guy, he did not study science. This guy did not study engineering. He does not even know. That time, it was not even possible to fly from one continent to another. I'm not talking about fly from one planet to another. But by faith, he says, we'll work on it. Now, faith is creative. What that does is that it releases into the air knowledge, wisdom. So people start developing jet proportion, not planning to go to the moon. After a while, they learn to launch satellites into space. Now, what they will not know, that is because somebody said, one day, soon, we will walk on that moon. There are some young men, young women go to school. They study technology. They study science. And they say, we can launch satellites into space. And they achieve it. The Sputnik goes around the world, transmitting that little radio signal that it did. Then after some time, we have satellites orbiting space. We launch regularly. Then somebody said, from that satellite, why can't we push further onto the moon? And they start calculating. And they don't realize that it's because somebody said, one day, we'll walk on this moon. I don't know whether you're getting my point. What he did by faith was to release into the air technology, understanding, wisdom, which different people began to pick up. Now, for your information, scientific advancement is a spiritual thing. It's not human rigor. God either gives it or he does not give it. I'm, let me restrain myself from going off tangent and trying to explain some things, but that's just the way it is. When he releases understanding somewhere, they say there's a breakthrough. The human beings are blessed. It is not because they have the ability. It's because time had, the time had come for something that God plans to happen. The time had come for it to happen. Like I'll give an example. Do you know William Myron Braham, who died in 1965? Years before he died, he said he's seen it in America. The shape of cars. Then America used to make all these boxes that they call cars. Straight edges. He described the shape of modern aerodynamic cars. And that he's seen a family inside the car. And there's no driver. <laughs> I don't know whether you're getting my point. He described driverless cars. A man that died in 65. He said it's like the car is being controlled from somewhere else, far away. Now we know about GPS satellites. We know about autopiloting of cars. Now it's actually possible you buy a Model S Tesla 
All right? In, and many cars in the United States, they have, you know, driver's assist. You put your hand on the steering. That's all you have to do. Point where you are going. The car takes you there. The problem they are now having is to tell people, please don't sleep. Because people actually sleep. People will recline their seats and tell their cars to take them somewhere. It's now standard. It's whether it is now legal in different parts of, the, of those countries that's not the issue. But cars can now actually, you, you leave your house, punch your office address, and then be reading a newspaper. And it, they, of course, I do, I do I need to tell you, cars that they park themselves. They just get there, look for the car will look for a parking space. One day I was re, I was watching the review of um, one S class Mercedes Benz. I said, my God, it does not into temptation. One of my friends he lives in the U.S. I said, please don't watch it. If you watch it at your own risk, because for me I can watch it. I don't have the money to buy it. Nobody saying that for me. I said, but you that can collect it and be paying small small. Because the car literally, you finish, maybe you won't go for a function. You, you literally finish. You press a button. The car will sense that you are around now. We leave where you are. Drive itself down to where you are standing. And then you enter the car. The way the cars are even designed, eh? When there's a tight parking space, you just, the way you just park, I tell you to scan. You scan and tell you that it can park there. You can't park it. So just leave the car. Please park. The car, you see, t- twist, turn, then squeeze itself between two other cars. What a human being will find hard to do. And when you want to leave, you tell the bros, time to go home. It's to squeeze itself out again, move to where you are, and say, Pastor, enter. I have to prophesy. Are you getting my <laughs> I have to prophesy. <laughs> now, William Marion Brigham said this thing in the 50s that it will happen. So you can see that technological advancement did not come because human beings wanted it. It's God predetermined it. Now you take this thing for granted now. This is my Bible. All right? I have two main versions of the Bible, uh, uh, Bible apps here. One is U version, one is Olive Tree. Thanks to U version, David Green and his family, I have Bibles in every language I can speak, which is only three. In English, Pidgin English, and Yoruba language. Yeah, there's Pidgin English Bible there. The Yoruba Bible even has two versions. The English one, I don't need to tell you. Now, it looks like nothing, all right? Yeah, you grew up around it now, so it looks normal to you. Just a few hundreds of years ago, if you wanted to read the Bible, you went to the cathedral or to the big church near you, and they have only one Bible that is changed there. Not because they, partly one, they were wicked, partly because they couldn't afford any other one. Because each Bible was specially printed. Before that, Bibles did not come in Bible books. They came in scrolls. So you had a whole shelf for one Bible. Genesis is one big scroll. Then you go to Psalms, it's number of scrolls. And then uh, maybe, you know, different scrolls. So when, David, when Joel said, it shall come to pass that I will pour my spirit upon all flesh, that young men, the old men will, uh, will, the old men will dream dreams, the young men will prophesy, 
that even upon the young women, I will pour my spirit and they will prophesy in those days. There are two ways to look at it. One, they say, real, they say oh, the, the, the day of Pentecost, we are filled with the spirit. We are filled with the spirit. We are flying. Yes, it happened. But that's only half of the fulfillment. Because the word that I speak, their spirit and their life, that word also had to be in the hand of all flesh. So that spirit, what did they do? They compiled the Bible. The spirit said, all right, next, you are going to make it. I don't want scrolls. I want them in books that people can carry. So one day, man developed the printing press. And what is the printing press? It's a hard way to do things. They arrange all the characters one by one. It's a big stamp. They just stamp the page. So now it's stamped hundreds of pages, and you have the Bible. Some people gathered. What, give me the names of those people that did Bible translated to Latin and then to English. The name just escaped me now. We published about some of them. Tyndale, the one before him. Wycliffe, yes, thank you. Wycliffe and Tyndale. Those men, some of Tyndale died for it. What was happening was that they were fulfilling the word that will pour my spirit upon all flesh. People don't realize it. God said, no, I'm taking it bit by bit. Just watch me. So after a while, we used the printing press for years. We kept on improving the technology to make the plates. The technology kept on improving. It came to a time where printing the Bibles in scores of millions every year and distributing worldwide. God said, but I am not yet satisfied. My word is not yet fulfilled. Take that Bible to Saudi Arabia. You can't. It's hard. Take the Bible those beyond the iron curtain. A man had to commit his whole life smuggling Bibles. Brother Andrew, God smuggler, go and read his story. It was difficult. So God said, it is not yet enough. Ha. So what do we do next? Create for me the internet. The word that said, I will pour my spirit upon all flesh, created the internet. He said, have I not said it? Knowledge will increase. So knowledge began to fly up and down, up and down. So that right now, nobody in any part of the world can limit the spread of the Bible. Nobody. God ingrained it into society so much that if you say they shouldn't read the Bible, they won't have a phone. So do you want a society where they can't even have a phone? Even dictators are finding it hard to say yes to that. So nowhere now on earth does they have a Bible. Not only would they have the Bible, they will have it in different versions. On my smartphone, on my tab, do I need to tell you, you have it also. You literally have, in fact, at the point I had to stop downloading versions so as not to confuse myself. So I have about four versions I read standardly. Then occasionally, when I want to check a word, I feel like I need to get it right. And I'll go to the other versions. And David Green and his family, the Lord blessed them. Bible that they say, pay $5, pay $10. The guy say, hey, don't pay anything. Just come and download it here for free. Now, all the Bibles in their platform can be downloaded for free. For them, it's not free. They pay those people. Sometimes, they literally have to pay each time you download. Depending on the company they are dealing with. But do you know what? My understanding. That word has now been fulfilled. Now, he has poured his spirit upon all flesh. So, young boys and young girls cannot easily prophesy. Ah, what does it mean to prophesy? Do you know? You don't have to be saying, <laughs> no. Just open the Bible. Psalm 2. Why do the hidden rage? And you're only 12 years old. What are you doing? No, what is that? You're prophesying. Are you seeing what I'm saying? That experience, look, it's not human. 
what I've said up and down like that, I've jumped many steps. Designing silicon chips. The other day I downloaded a video on YouTube. How silicon chips are made. I just wanted to see it. How the wafer is made, cut extra thin. How they design the circuits on them. Lay them layer by layer. God said, that is what my world produced. I saw how the companies like Intel, AMD, how they were developed. Just so that they can make chips for your smartphones, your tabs, your computers. So that information can exchange. So computers can talk to one another. I will pour my spirit upon our flesh. This is, what's today's date? 11th of February. It's around 9 o'clock in Enugu. For some people listening to me now, it's 3 a.m. where they are. And they are listening live. Why? Because they are microchip. Their processor can talk to another processor on a server somewhere. That our own is also talking to at the same time. So as we are talking, we are relaying this to them through Google, through Facebook, on our internet radio platform. Why? Because the word of the Lord said, I will pour my spirit on all flesh. Some people listening to us right now, for them it's 3 a.m. in the morning. For some, they are two hours, three hours ahead of us. From every continent of this earth now, some people, somebody is watching this or listening as we are talking. And some are sleeping. They will wake up and say, what did he say? They click. They play it as if they were in the service. I hope you are getting my point. Why? To fulfill the word of the Lord, which is spoke through his servant Joel, Long ago. People don't know. That's why silicon chips were designed. I pray you get it. That's why silicon chips were designed. So that the computer in Australia, we speak to our server somewhere. I don't know where the Google server we are using is. Wherever it is, whether it's somewhere in Nigeria or somewhere in Africa or Europe or in America. And then be listening to us live. So that the word that God gave, listen, there's no way of predicting how that faith will work. That's what I'm going to make. Faith is not just a lifestyle, not just a mental state. It's actually creative. Faith creates. Faith creates. When we're doing them, ask Pastor Banky for Kingdom World Radio. Somebody asked that, does God always heal? I'm so glad because when I want to answer some of those questions, I don't even plan ahead of time. Because I'm about to answer, the answer comes. There are all kinds of theoretical, academic answers. But they are real Answer, in fact, there are times I finish answering questions. I'll just tell the, the listener and, of course, our host. I said, that was the word of knowledge. I said, that's the word of knowledge for whoever asked that question. I will just know. Once I, I will have finished answering you know, before I said, that's the word of knowledge. But that day would say, does God always heal? I was about to give the normal academic answer that I knew, which, I mean, let me not even digress into it now, not to distract you. Then it dawned on me that there was a time Jesus said to a woman, it is wrong to give the children's bread to dogs. Why? Because this Syrophoenician woman, all right, had come and said to the Lord, heal my daughter. And Jesus said, Jesus did not answer her. After some time of her bothering them so much, the disciples went to Jesus and said, please, can you drive this woman away? And then she called, he called her and said to her, it's not right to give the children's bread to dogs. Why? This woman was not a member of the lordship of the house of Israel, which was a final word. True of us? Yes, it was a final word. The Lord has spoken. Then the woman, instead of leaving, turned to the Lord and said, that, but what if the children are tired of eating? 
They've eaten at their food and they throw out crumbs. They throw out the crumbs. Can the dogs eat the crumbs? They certainly can, can they? And Jesus immediately said, wow, you are right. Great is your faith. He said, daughter, your faith is great. Now it will be to you as you have requested. And the daughter was healed that hour. What does that tell you? Just like we were praying earlier, Pastor Kimothy was saying, I don't know whether you noticed. He said it, I believe by the Spirit of God also. He said the same thing. That listen, before God can even prevent people, when God wants to punish you, we have to dead in their ears first. Because if they mistakenly activate their faith, they suspend his judgment. So when he wants to punish them, the first thing he says, hey, Isaiah, come, come. Go and dead in their ears. Go and make them dull of understanding. Say to them, Hear and don't understand. See and don't perceive. He said, otherwise they will turn around and will be forced to heal them. That's how creative faith is. Faith is so creative. It encounters God's judgment. Faith is say, not here. That's how creative faith is. God gives a word of judgment. Faith is activated. The judgment is inactivated. Jesus looked at that woman. He said, healing is not for you, my girl. Neither for you, nor for your daughter. Please go home. And the woman stopped and said, Oga, Nazo, what about when the children finish eating and crumbs fall? That was when Jesus said, Daughter, your faith is great. So I, I, I just felt like reading that reference. I wrote it down somewhere just now. Just, um, let's read the one from the book of, um, okay, no, let me use the one in Matthew. That's the reason why, just to make it simpler for me. It's a Canaanite woman in verse 22. Now let me just go down to verse 24. But he answered and said, I was sent only to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. But she came and began to bow down before him, saying, Lord, help me. And he answered and said, It is not good to take the children's bread and throw it to the dogs. But she said, Yes, Lord. But even the dogs feed on the crumbs which fall from the master's table. Then Jesus said to her, Did I tell you where I was reading? Okay, sorry, Matthew chapter 15. Sorry, sorry, I just read that I didn't say it. Matthew chapter 15. Now I'm in verse 27. But she said, Yes, Lord, but even the dogs feed on the crumbs which fall from the master's table. Then Jesus said to her, O woman, your faith is great. It shall be done for you as you wish. And her daughter was healed at once. Her daughter was healed at once. And her daughter was healed at once. Did you see what faith did? Let's put it like this. Faith, now, please, this is just a way of saying it. You can't take everything I want to say now, literally, but just follow me. Faith changed the mind of God. Did you get my point? It changed the Lord's mind, so to speak. The master had made up his mind. That woman had been there for some time. That woman had been there for some time. The disciples had to come. If you read in verse 23, he did not answer her a word. And disciples came and implored him, saying, send her away. They didn't even come to beg for her. Dismiss her. She keeps shouting at us. I want to introduce that thing to us again today or remind us it's something new. Faith is creative. That's why I call it a technology. That's why I call it a technology. God gives promises is in the realm of the spirit. The way by which it becomes real on this earth is faith. It's faith. Somebody has to activate it by faith. Somebody has to activate that which God has spoken. You go and read that thing which we were quoting earlier. When God wanted to punish the people of Israel, he had to tell Isaiah, go and deaden the ears of these people. 
Because if anywhere along the line accidentally faith is activated, I cannot punish them even though they deserve punishment. Is that not why I shout the way I shout? Concerning Nigeria and politics and election and all of that. Church of God, let's activate faith. Let's stop work. this work in the flesh will not get us anywhere. Let's activate faith that people will plot evil. They will mean it for evil. But by faith, we turn it to good. But you know what you say the church do a lot these days? They are plotting evil. Look at them. Islamic people, they have gathered. They want to kill us. <laughs> I like my digression once in a while. There was a time they said we should not let, they wanted to open a, um, a hospital in Nigeria. Uh, sorry, in Enugu. They said it was being sponsored by Iranians. We should not agree. We are Turkish universities in Nigeria. They say it's Islamization agenda. Hi. Jesus said, you err. Not knowing the scriptures, not the power of God. Do you know there's a principle out there which is called crucifying your Messiah. It's called crucifying your helper that God sent to you. Because it doesn't fit the mold that you created ahead of time. Sometimes you ask for prosperity, God sends the person. But as it's coming, this really happened in one state not too far from here. He said, so people arranged that I'm going to come and build a cement plant. They knew his manager, one of his big guys, happens to be from the east here. So the guy arranged everything. Okay, we should build, build a plant somewhere. Let me not mention the name of the state. They did everything complete. They went to the governor. Okay, we need your approval. This man has agreed. It's going to make us very rich around here. The man says, the house man. Cancel the tassel. He said, the limestone God gave us our children. We won't give to the house man. Sometimes, this is the point I'm making. People fight the blessing God sends to them. Why will you give our lifestone to a house of man? So you know what happened to his lifestone? Nothing serious is coming out of it till now. <laughs> that time when they said we're coming to Nigeria, I said, yeah. If I were the one, I would go and say, Mr. Turkish, confess. They say you want to build university. How many? I'll give you land. For- this is my Enugue. Oh, God. I get plans for this city. I get plans. It will come to pass. Two things will come twice in Enugu. It's going to be a hub for education and healthcare. Yeah. To be a hub for education and healthcare. The people travel. Who knows Boston? Is it not a school that makes us know Boston, Massachusetts? It's school now. MIT. You, 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 will, you will know Enugu because of all the kind of EIT, Enugu IT, anything we'll have in this city. We will fill the place with universities and top level hospitals. There will be surgeries that they will tell only two people, only, only two places can it be done in the world. One of them will be Enugu. Yeah. They will say, ah, you need this kind of care. You need to go to Enugu. Now, this is not going to happen in 200 years. It's happened in your lifetime. Amen. Then they said, I said, ah, me. I said, oh, you not me. I was say, Oga Turkish. See land. Build here. You know, I don't understand. It's, univers- no, it's not university. I don't know laws in this country. I didn't go to teach Islamic physics. I didn't go teach Islamic microchip manufacturing. Haba. I don't know. 
People went to no, this is, uh, they want to Islamize Eastern Nigeria. I heard people say that the governor of one particular state that they call Supreme Court governor was made governor because he signed, a, he agreed, signed an agreement to Islamize their state. I said, it's good. If they can Islamize your state, it shows you have not been doing your work. I don't know whether you're getting my point. If you had been doing your work, you had gospelized your state. You have planted, okay, they didn't Islamize you, but I don't want shooting everybody in the country. The day Islam, those of you from that place, you know. I won't say more than that. You're always beheading soldiers, even though they are from your state. The day Islamize you, is it the Islamic people that beheaded your soldiers who are from there, they came to marry? How do you behave? How do we behave like idiots? They said, the man signed an agreement to Islamize the state. I said, why did you not Christianize the state? Thank God we are, we are Christianizing it. We broadcast there on two different radio stations, total of three times every week. We will Christianize the place. You know, all those demons that behead people, they will fall into the Atlantic. Amen. All the evil doers. See, let me tell you the way I reason. Eh? I told you when I was coming to the East, People told me, it's Nigeria now. You know the kind of nonsense you will hear. He will say, that, yeah, you have to go where your people are. I said, who are my people? That was the question I asked him. Who are your people? Who are my people? Eh, you know, you stay amongst your people. I said, who? who? Who are my people? It never crossed my mind. You know, I've never, the only place I've ever known I'm from on the, since I, came to, I, I became an adult. You know the place? Heaven. I'm a citizen of heaven. Some of you don't know my father. He owns everything. That chair you are sitting on, I ain't give you. That's my father. And I'll be going somewhere and say, I should tell him, are you high on something? No, no, I can't do that. I have this attitude. You can't persecute me. I'm unpersecutable. And I say, you're not from here. If I carry your name to the closet, let me tell you what happened to you. You will die. Whoever cries for you will fall sick. Whoever suggests that I'm the witch that killed you, we enter your grave. If I, if I accidentally carry your name to close it, so I know the border. Persecute me. You can't try it. You can't try it. I have never walked into anywhere since I moved to Enugu 20-something years ago. Came in the year 2000. It's 223. It'll be 23 years towards the end of this year. I've never walked into anywhere, feeling like, uh, please, can you help me? You know, I don't know anybody here. You know, my father lives very far away. Like, uh, my uncles, they are not here. Sorry. Can you help this lost soul? I walk in. Oh, thank God he has given me one spirit. I laugh with everybody. Now, I don't know. I bet good money. Please. God bless you. I hear you, you people are the ones doing this. Where's my portion? Are you going to do it for me? That's just, it's just my attitude. In fact, once you see me, you know a victor has come. You'll be wanting to do me favors so that God can bless you. When I finish, I will tell you, God bless you. <laughs> I have, oh, God is my witness. I have never, not for one moment. He said, be careful, you know you don't know anybody here. Ah, uh-uh. No, no, you know, it's now I'm saying it to you that that kind of rubbish thought is entering my head. If I, I used to say something, I don't know, did you ever use, do you get this feeling? When I'm traveling, those if, I, if I'm driving till now, it, once I cross River Niger, I feel like this, that's to, to this side, I feel like no guy. 
You know what they call no guy? You know what no guy means? I don't even know what it means. How do I explain it to you now? <laughs> exactly. Say, no, no, okay, my wife went there. You Nobody know, can try me. You know, there's this no guy attitude. Seriously. You stop on the highway. The no, policeman will stop you. Stop like, ah, officer, how far? There's this no guy attitude. Now, now our land, they what they worry, you know, that, that kind of thing. I didn't used to have it in Lagos. When I go to Lagos, they say drive. I said, no, last month people, no, <laughs> I'm not the driver. One day I came to Lagos, my friends said, back, you want to go out? They wanted to give me a car. I said, eh, where? Lagos, no. I go enter a bus, I go enter a taxi, leave them. I, you know, from one bus to the other, taxi to the other. I said, this is your city. I beg go. From one side, once I land in Enugu, uh-huh. It's like, this is our territory. We own this place. And you know, God really, you know, the way God has done, done things for me over the, over the times. If anything happens, you know, like, there's almost nowhere I don't, God has not planted somebody. Even if I just call, uh, Apostle, say yes, sir. Call the AIG. He <laughs> <laughs> doesn't know the AIG, but, you know, that kind of thing. I'm a Sean. No, no, I'm not the Sean of the Shoal anymore. I'm a Sean of the owner of the Shoal. My father has given me this land. If you are from Enugu, don't even be jealous of me. Go and meet Jesus Christ and say, how did you bless this guy like this? I have more power than you in this city. I never even joined prayer. Join you. This is a prayer I used long ago that's still working. If I come bring modern prayer, come and struggle with me for land. Just try. I want one land. You want it. Better just say, Pastor, please, can I have it? Because I want to say, ah, you know, I go use I, fling. <laughs> Into the world, thank you. <laughs> Think I fling you come what? Now, that's the attitude I have. Seriously. God, and I've seen God play these things out again and again. So, if you are bringing... Now, now think about it. Now, this is now my country. You now say you are coming from Turkey. You want to build a university to Islamize my people. You know what I'm seeing? You know what I'm seeing? Apostle, you know what I'm seeing? I'm seeing free money. I'm seeing transfer of wealth. I'm seeing millions of dollars come. I'm not seeing, because you see, at the end of the day, there's only one God. And the one that is, do you know, do you know my point? is the person he, he decrees concerning, and he has decreed in Psalm 2. That he'll give you the nations as your inheritance. So I already know that land I want to give you, Jesus owns it. So whatever you plant there, and I will do you one while which you will not know. Before you come, I'll speak to the land. This land, you know the owner. So, in this place, Jesus will reign. Amen. Then you now come and build your Islamic university there. Your man will speak in tongues. Before your eye like this. Before your eye. You'll be the one rushing your imams back. Say they don't send imam. Everything the imam will send they will start seeing Jesus Christ at night. After a while, you will say, okay, okay, okay. Let's have an agreement. Which agreement is that? You cannot tell me not to have campus fellowship. You can't. That's when I will let you know that you are in our country. That's when I will let you know. The students will come and say, we know go Greek. We have the right freedom of worship. This is Nigeria. This is... The point I'm making, brethren, I have never felt inferior to anybody. So for me, if you are coming in, I say you as within this particular scripture that says that strangers will build my walls. That's what I'm seeing. They said the Iranians are funding health Come now, build the hospital there, please. 
build it there. As far, look, you know, Christians are very funny. They will get up in the morning, the wealth of the wicked. They get, then the wicked builds the wealth. They say, no, 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 don't bring it. You want to Islamize me. <laughs> God say, oh, these children, what do you want me to do now? What do you now want me to do? Listen, this is what faith does. Let me tell you what faith will do. The Saudi king, no, forget Saudi king, Mohammed bin Salman. Faith says, you will bless me. Yes, that's where I see it. If he comes and lands now, handsome guy with all his robes, say, so we're thinking of um, um, you know, investing in, in universities here and we want to build hospitals. I will just go give, I will give and land so fast. Yeah, build it first. Is it kill you want to use to heal us? <laughs> no, they call kill. Huh? You know what kill is? What is kill? Prayer. Exactly. This time like this. That's not what you are going to use to heal now. It's normal Western educated doctors. That's not so. Isn't not this our same specialists that are training UNTH and um, SOs here and the rest of Nigeria that you will employ there? Those guys can do everything. Just give them the equipment. Are they not the ones they are employing that are going to Saudi? They have cleaned out, cleaned out my hospital, cleaned out everybody. People are queuing up. You see them writing the exam to go to Saudi. When the Saudi come say, they say, no, it's Islamization agenda. You know, we're very funny. Meanwhile, we'll go to where we are alone, where we can easily be Islamized. <laughs> you know, God can't take us serious. They are not serious. They sit at home, in Islamization, then they'll go in secret, Nicodemusly, to go and write Saudi exam. Then when Saudi has given them job, they will disappear without telling you. Phew. You ask for this doctor, come where? He travel, study leave. They live without pay. Then finally, you now find out, Oga, you go Saudi Arabia. Are they planning to Islamize you there? No. After three years, you come, you build a house, build a clinic, then you go back again. Then bring plenty of money, and you are still a Christian. Then when you want to bring all the money to build the hospital, you say it's Islamization. Brethren, is your brain pinning you? <laughs> the Lord is good. What am I saying all of these things? Faith is creative. That's what I'm saying. Faith is creative. Faith is creative. By faith, I determine what can go on around. And right now, believers need to activate that faith of the victor and stop behaving like victims. Because, you know, let me tell you something about faith. If it is not there, I found out something. It's usually replaced by a huge proportion of fear. Now, fear and lack of faith, they work in synergy. That the absence of faith, replaced by fear, they work in synergy. Now, let me say something to you about judging truth in life. Don't judge truth from what you can see. Judge it from what the scriptures say. I hope you're getting my point. Do not judge truth from what you can see Determine truth according to scripture. Do you know why? Again, I'm back to my little pet angle. Quantum physics. Quantum physics has shown to us something we always knew from the scriptures. That human beings interact very well with their environment. And actually determine what you end up seeing. And that philosophical question is not as ridiculous as it will have sounded when you first heard it. 
which says if a tree falls in the forest without anybody being present, does it make a noise? The first time I heard it, I thought it was a very stupid question. The more I advanced in life, I realized how reasonable that question was. Because if you want to start in philosophy, you start saying, number one, what is noise? That's when you realize that noise actually cannot be defined except they are human ears. Do you follow my point? Then you go to, okay, let's even leave noise. Let's go to sound. Is there sound really except there's perception thereof? No, that's what philosophers try to determine through much argument. But physicists, when they came up with quantum theory, they actually began to show that your observation puts character on the thing you're observing. That's quantum physics. And people won Nobel Prize for it last year. They finally demonstrated from the, they demonstrated through experiments that that statement is true. Which tells me, whoever made that statement from the beginning must have been inspired. Because the experiment to determine it happened decades later. It took forever to even be able to conceive of how to prove it then before they could design machines that could carry out the experiment. What am I going to say here? The truth is that, see, what we see physically is so subject to the spiritual and so affected by our faith that what you physically see is unreliable. Let me explain. Surface tension. How many people know about surface tension? Surface tension is how molecules hold together when there's a less dense fluid around. Long, long story, if you know your physics. Now, there's what they call, is it, water skater bird, you know, uh, fly insects. They, they move around on the surface of water. So that's reasonable. Now, the reason why you and I cannot walk on water, why nobody walks on water, is simply because by the time you stand on top of the water, the tension holding the water, I'm deliberately doing physics, so deliberately. The, hand, the tension holding, <laughs> I'm laughing at myself. The molecules together is too small compared to the weight you are putting there, the pressure. So you always split it 100%. And you know what? I can prove that scientifically. It's very simple. When you get home, bring a bucket of water and then stand on top of it. And let's see how long you will keep standing. So there was a time a man came out on water and he said, Master, if it is you, bid me to come. And the Lord Jesus said to Peter, come. And Peter came out on the water and all the laws of physics failed. In the presence of everybody, all the laws of physics failed. Peter put out a foot on water, the water held. Put on that one, the water held. Put on that one, the water held. Ah, what's going on here? He put on that one and he was walking towards Jesus and smiling. Then he heard this sound as the waves rose near him and he took his eyes away from Jesus. Then the water gave and he began to sink and he shouted, Lord, help me. And Jesus, in a few steps, was where he was. Gave him his hand and pulled him while he was still on the surface of the water. And they said, why did I sink? He said, why did you doubt? He never said, you broke the laws of physics. Jesus did not say, you broke the laws of physics. What did he say? Why 
did you doubt? That is the reason why you sink every day is not because of law of surface tension. The reason you sink every day is because of constant doubt. Economy can't sink anybody. Only doubt does. The economic realities around can't sink the believer. Only doubt does. That's how faith is. Faith is creative. And that is why, listen, I want you to understand. This is your faith. You must fight. You must fight for it. You must kill doubt in your life. When I have challenges these days, I take it up like God. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Why? Before we get used to things working out in our favor, according to natural order, so much we lose the knowledge of faith. Now I said, Lord, thank you. People, build up your faith. It will get to a time, they'll give you a medical report. You look at it and you start laughing. <laughs> I just remember something when I was in loot. Oh, God has blessed me in this life. I was in my hematology posting. They do this blood test to check how well your blood is clotting. So that day, it's a big man, as a, as a, as a faculty, one big faculty boss in National College of Postgraduate Medical College. So he was a senior registrar. I was a junior. I was with him. So he now said he needs blood they to use control. Do you understand? So they, they do, they call it, well, the clotting test anyway. PT, PTT, PTT, they have all those tests they do. So they usually use a control. And the control is from just a random, healthy-looking person. So he said, I should, whether I could give blood. I said, no problem. Titanic took a, a syringe full of blood I gave to him. He did it, and he began to do the test. Whether it was a spiritual thing or, or not, I don't know. His patients he was testing, they were all on anticoagulants. He was just trying to control so that the person would not, the blood would not be too thin. You understand? Because if you put the person on blood thinning drugs, if it gets too thin, he can bleed randomly and die. Can bleed into the head, bleed in different places, and then trying to treat people, you end up killing them. So they have to check it regularly. So that's what he was doing. So this was on blood thinning drugs. We call them anticoagulants. I wasn't. I was a normal person. But to his surprise, all of them clotted before me, before my sample. So he was confused. Now, now this is where I'm going. So like, he doesn't understand. That his people are even clotting faster than me. I said, that's their problem. They will die, I will leave. <laughs> See, I, I don't know. <laughs> now, for, that was 20-something years ago. I said it so matter-of-factly, he almost fell down with laughter. I said, Chief, that's not my problem. It's between you and your patients. But I'm going to find out what is wrong with them. No. <laughs> the man laughed and laughed. You know, it didn't cross my mind to say, you know, an average person, sir, run it again, you know. I said, Oga, take care of your patients. See this guy? I told him flat. This guy, I sat down there like nothing happened. If this house slow, my blood is incoagulating. It has been doing like that since I was born. If you do like that, it's like 100 years old. So what's all the problem? You know, the average person will like, they'll come next day, chief, can you go repeat it again? And if it's slow, again, after that time, they will not be able to brush again. Lest they bleed. They will not be walking around slowly. After a while, they bleed the brain and they die. Why? Fear activates neck. You start sinking. Every little challenge, you sink. For information, why did I react like that? People of God, 
That was the season I told you I didn't do any other thing but listen to the scriptures. You couldn't scare me. You don't get the point. Scaring you was something you did not have the capacity to do. It was that same thing that was in my office. Our boss came one day. He said, hey, everybody, go now. Yeah, stop what you're doing. Stop. Go now and go and take your vaccination against meningitis. That this current meningitis strain, there was an outbreak. It's so deadly, you're dead within hours. So everybody got up, packed up. They went to go and take vaccine. Somebody said, banker, are you not going? I said, I'm not going. He said, why? I said, I felt insulted. I said, how will I hear of meningitis and I will panic? Does meningitis not have ears to hear I'm here and panic? They used to think I was crazy. And I meant it. I said, I'm, listen, I didn't have anything against vaccination. I didn't have it. I was just provoked. I said, how can he come and scare me like this? I said, I'm not. It was free. It was being given in Lagos University Teaching Hospital where I was working. You need to just walk across to one clinic there. And because you are staff, you get priority treatment. I told my colleagues, I am not going. Why? I said, it's an insult for me to hear of meningitis and start running. I said, meningitis, you hear that bank is here. And you take the run down to do a leg bar. To the I cross Yaba, they'll just be running until Richard Coca enter the water. <laughs> no, th- that was my mindset. Do you know? I refused to budge. I just, honestly, I felt insulted. And I said, I'm not going. They all went, took their vaccines, and came back. All of us are still alive, 20 something years after. I told them, I'm not doing. What brought up that in my heart is just because I've been chopping dangerous things now. I was chopping dangerous food. Dangerous. I was eating. Dangerously. Every morning I'll listen to Wonders of Faith by people like Bishop Wedipo. I'll read a clip from a, a segment from uh, John G. Lee's uh, testimonies and his sermons. You now use ordinary, I said, John G. Lee, head of plague, did not run. Plague that was fi- 300 times more deadly than this more meningitis. I said, no. For information, faith is real. Yes. It's not just a way of thinking. It's a technology for life. It's a te- Look, faith is so powerful. And that's why I'm praying. I'm back to it again. God, please help me. Because this message will still be there long after our election is over. As I'm bringing the church, let's come in faith and truly bless this nation. We are walking in the flesh right now, most of us. We don't even know how to pray. Talk about the other day. When we finished talking, I said, and these are the people I'm supposed to join hands with in prayer? I said, I can't. They believe nothing. They don't believe anything. I said to you, you saw, you saw it from scripture. Even when God said, no, no healing for you. The woman activated faith. It's called great. There's a kind of faith called great. When faith is called great, he does strange things. A man is at home. He doesn't even know he's being prayed for. Suddenly he wakes up and he's fine. Why? Somebody with great faith went to the Lord and said, my servant is at home. He's almost dead. He's unconscious. Please pray for him. And the Lord said, I will come. He said, do you have to travel there? I'm a man under authority. And I have soldiers under me. I said to one, come. Of course, when they give me a signal from Rome, do this, I do it. I said to my soldiers, come. They come. Go, they go. Lord, speak the word only. My servant will be healed. The servant did not know he was being prayed for. He woke up. He was fine. Why? His master had great faith. Tunde Bakari said, when God wanted to bless him financially, 
the word of the Lord came to him, open your mouth wide that I will feel it. Let's make a long story short. He went to Pastor Yadibu at that time. He said to him, pray for me that God will bless me financially. Now, you don't have to be making all this announcement, begging for money you do in church. So the man prayed for him. He went to work the following week. He got sacked. They fired him. So he came back to his pastor, Pastor Yadibu. He said, sir, it looks like you didn't calibrate the direction of that shot. <laughs> I said, pray that God will bless me. I prayed, and you prayed, I went to work. They laid me off that my services are no longer needed. Please, can you readjust that prayer so that you aim it correctly? The man of God laughed. And I heard the Bakari say that that day he felt like shooting him. You prayed, I lost my job, and you think it is fun. He said to him, ah, my son, well, eh? sorry, you shall be well. The man burst into a laughter. <laughs> so I asked the man of God, what is funny, sir? The man finished laughing and straightened up. I said, oh boy, you said I should pray that God should bless you heavily financially. He said, yes. He said, yes, now. The kind of money you're asking for, nobody pays his salaries. That was when his head calmed down. That, that is the first take to your miracle. He said, what am I going to do? I'm a lawyer. I come to the laws in Nigeria. So the pastor told him, go and start your own business. Open your own chambers. He said, no, sir. It can't be done. The law in Nigeria does not allow independent practice for this number of years of experience that I have. And the man said, that's the only thing I have to tell you. So he left. He was desperate. There are other stories which I will not tell because I'm, I didn't hear that directly from him. I heard it from other places. So tying it together makes it complete, but since he didn't tell that to me in my hearing, let me not go and say what is not correct about the man. So he said, he went home, he was praying. Make a long story short. I'm talking about faith, great faith, what he does. Then he sat down in his house, put on the news, and he heard the news from Supreme Headquarters, Dodan Barracks. New decrees released by the government. Decrees and so that stop people like him from having independent practice. Both lawyers and doctors and people like that had been abrogated. A new law had now been written, allowing him to start his practice. Faith went to Dodan Barracks and changed the law. The law was changed for his sake. Next day, of course, he started his own independent practice. Let's make a long story short. The first brief he got, he got paid what he used to earn in two years. The money he got paid was his two years former salary. I'm telling that story because the man said, before that, there was a law. You can't be an independent legal practitioner. You don't have the experience. The following week, there was a new law to confirm what God has said through his servant. Faith is not just a, you know, a way of making yourself happy. Faith is creative. It's creative. It creates new genes in your body. It creates opportunities in the environment. Oh, you think all this swing of naira and dollar is something we can't do anything about? See, let me tell you the truth. Eh? President Burari says something, and I want you to, never, to know that the man is serious. Don't forget it. He said when he finishes his tenure, that's going to keep very far away from Asurok. Now, whether he will do it or not is a different matter. Because he has to come for Council of State um, uh, meetings. But they still had one yesterday. He has to come. But the man said he wants to keep far away. Why? So he can rest. Some people think that uh, this Naira issue, this scarcity. I read the news this, this morning, was it yesterday night, that they are now planning to order Naira from abroad. They're now planning to order. Look, people, well, I, I'm not 
trying to defend anybody. In this life, I thought, go and listen to Ecclesiastes, the series on Ecclesiastes. Chapter 7, towards the end. Life has traps. The men are trapped. The Mephile is trapped. Federal government, trapped. The plan they had didn't go the way they planned it. They thought they would scare everybody to bring the old note. They will give you a small note, and then you'll be happy. That's when they realized that with the, our electronic trans, uh, transaction is not up to 40% of what we have already. They did not know. People just assume that everything is planned. I talked to one man one day. He said, this was CIA. I said, you think the CIA is God? They ain't God, though. Life has traps. Go and listen to that series. I taught it. Ecclesiastes chapter 7. He said, there's a woman. If I, I, let me just quote. I'd like to quote it. He said, I discovered more bitter than death. Verse 26. The woman whose heart is snares and nets, whose hands are chains, one who is pleasing to God will escape from her, but the sinner will be enticed by her. Now, if you've not heard me teach on this, you'll be wondering what I'm talking about here. What was he saying? Well, it actually goes back to verse 23. I tested all this with wisdom and said I would be wise, but it was far from me. What has been is remote and extremely mysterious. Who can discover it? I directed my mind to know, to investigate, and to seek wisdom and an explanation, and know the evil of folly and the foolishness of madness. What did I discover? I discovered more bitter than death. The woman whose heart is snares and nets, whose hands are chains. One who is pleasing to God will escape from her, but the sinner will be captured. Now, I used to quote this concerning marriage. Marry a good woman, we have to get a good wife. Blah, blah, blah. When I started this, I said, no, Solomon was not talking about woman. He was talking about life. Life was depicted as a woman. What was he saying? <laughs> if you think you know everything, please, I don't have time to explain it. Go and listen to the series Ecclesiastes. I explained it in details there. If you think you know everything, life will spring surprises. Life will spring surprises that will catch you like a bird is caught by a trap. One moment you are eating, yeah, hey, free food. You are eating, bam! The trap is over your head. You are caught. One moment you are celebrating, Omo, we have made it. The next moment you are under arrest. You have a right to remain silent. Everything you say can be used against the court of law. You have a right to an attorney. If you cannot afford one, we appointed for you. You look like, what are you talking about? This actually happened to a Nigerian young man. In America, he was running money transfer business. As far as he was concerned, everything was legitimate. Now he's in prison. He showed that I did everything by the books. They said, sorry, money laundering. Which money did I launder? American didn't bother to prove it to him. They just put his black butt in jail. And he's there. When I read his story, I remember this portion of the scriptures. What am I going to say? See federal government right now. Pity them. Their tra- life sprang a trap for them. Before they know what's happening, there was chaos, riots, protests everywhere. And some people still believe it was deliberately planned. I am convinced it wasn't. Who wants anarchy? Who wants anarchy? And why am I talking about it? So understand, eh? Talking about faith, how faith works. People can get into power. Do you get my point? We spring on the good side by faith. By faith, we spring on the good side now. Traps for them. They are trapped into doing good. They can't help it. We use faith. When I say Christians say, you think you can't plan anything? I had one pastor talking to you that day. I said, you are the problem of this country. People like you are the problems of Nigeria. He said, do you know how many redeemed churches we have? How many Christ embassy? 
How many this one? If we can come together, politics is grassroots. I say you want to turn the body of Christ to a political body? It's people like you that are ruining this country. You are the problem of Nigeria. Because the church is not doing its work. Why do, can't you go grassroots to preach? Why can't you go grassroots to network and pray and decree judgment on your brethren who steal? Why can't you? Why can't you go grassroots and mobilize for righteousness and say, people of God, each local government that fails, we hold the brethren there responsible. We want you to hold a prayer vigil once a month in the local government headquarters. It doesn't matter your denomination. You must come. Let's approach unrighteousness and wickedness. Let's decree that no murderer will go unpunished. No, we don't. Let me summarize what I'm saying about faith. So I can leave it here. What am I going to say here? Faith is creative. Life is spiritual. Faith begets. It converts the blessing which exists in the realm of the spirit brings into the physical reality. Faith. With faith. You know what Jesus said? Nothing would be impossible to him who believes. Did you hear that? Just take it the way he said it. Nothing will be impossible to him who believes. And he showed two examples for us. I won't talk about the second one, Lazarus, the reason of Lazarus from the dead. Because the reason of Lazarus was pure faith. Pure faith. He didn't ask the father, is it your will to raise Lazarus or not? Just like the Syrophoenician woman, he compelled the father to raise Lazarus. But let's not talk about that one. But I go back to the issue of Peter and walking on water. Because that relates with us very easily. What does it mean to walk on water? You come to a place where they say unemployment is 75%. And you laugh. You just laugh. Why are you laughing? Say, I'm not a figure in statistics. I'm a child of God. I don't know whether you get my point. I'm not a figure. See, unemployment is what? 75%. So 25% will be employed, right? I feel 25 this morning. Tell the person. 20, I feel like it's 25%. And for information, if it was 1%, I am that 1%. <laughs> Like this man came. <laughs> Ali was a redeemed pastor. One man came to him and said, God showed him a vision. He said, what's the vision? He said, only two people are going to heaven in the whole of redeemed church. So he said to the man, I'm one. Who's the second person? <laughs> <laughs> Told the man flat. Eh, 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 don't come and scare me. There are two people going, Abi. Eh. At least I know one. So who's the second person? Go and find the second person. Because this guy you're talking to has reached there. That is, you tell them, no, 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 I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I am not a figure. I'm not a piece of data in statistics. I'm a living child of God. A doctor was asked. He said, I don't take faith away from people, which is so important. And life is designed to take faith away from you. This doctor talked to a patient. Told the man he had a particular disease. American doctor, not Nigerian doctor. And that you are going to progress like this. By this time, you'll be dead. The man progressed exactly as he was told. At the time, the doctor said he would die. He died. The doctor said, to his shock, they conducted an autopsy and nothing was wrong with the man. So he concluded that the patient died because he took hope away from the patient. So he said, I have a new practice. I never take hope away from my patients. Now, why am I telling you the story? Because the person interviewing him now asked him, 
If somebody has a disease confirmed, you've done everything, you assure this fellow has a disease, and 90% of them die within one year. Say, I will tell the patient, 10% live beyond one year. Say, I always give my patients hope. Because I, f- I found out from years of practice, when I take hope away, they die. And a friend of mine told me the same thing. Called me one day, said, Banky, I just killed somebody. I said, how did you manage to do it? He a gastroenterologist. He takes care of people's livers and intestines and stuff like that. So a patient walked to my clinic from work. I'm not even feeling well. They did a small test for the guy. Come back next week. The guy came back the following week or so for his result. He said, I told him he had cancer of the liver. He says, I was telling him, I saw him shrink. He said, he began to sweat as I was talking to him. Three weeks later, he was dead. He said, Bank, he walked from work to see me. He was still going to work. He said, so he concluded. He gave him news that he was going to die. The man went home, put his house in order, and he died. Listen, faith is creative. Fear also, in the negative way, is creative. When they say, don't, you can't succeed, it's called you can't walk on water. Now, when we talk, people like us, they, th- they think you, you don't know the statistics. You don't know the figures. Naira has fallen against the dollar so much in the last few years. It has never bothered me one day. Not one moment. It doesn't give me sleepless nights. I say I don't need the dollar. When I need it to come. As long as what do you do about it? Nothing. See, that thing I have said is all I need to do. I don't need the dollar now. When I need it, it will come. It's creative. So, now, that word have released it out there. The word knows what to do. The word will go out and say, okay, you, you, you. Um, get us some dollars. Get us some dollars. This man will need dollars in about six months. He doesn't know yet. Then two days before I started needing dollars, they will start bringing it. And I said, Lord, I think I need dollars now. Somebody will knock. Good morning, sir. The word said we should give you these dollars. Eh? You said it a year and a half ago, that when you need dollars, it will come. Here, it has come. Will it come that dramatically? I don't know. If it has to rain from heaven, so be it. If it be going for 1,200 naira to the dollar, then I will have 1 trillion naira to buy. But whatever needs to be done, it will happen. I hope you are getting my point. For that reason, let me conclude here. For that reason, you can't afford to joke with your faith. What did I say? Don't plot your life based on what you can see. Plot it based on the word of God. Anything God has said concerning you will come to pass. I'm ending my message. I've ended my message. I don't want to add to it. I just want to talk to people for a moment. Want to know the discipline of life? Choose how you want to walk home. Choose it early. There are times I sit. Don't think I'm always very happy about everything. There are times I sit down alone in my house. I look at myself, look at this, think about that. I said, Lord, we are here according to choices we made 30 years ago, 35 years ago. If there's anything you want us to fine-tune, let us know. I can't regret anything in my life now because there's nothing happening I planned. I don't know whether you're getting my point. The choices and decisions I made, I can review them, and I have none of them to regret. The only one I think I made at the time which I felt bad about yeah, it was when I was in NYC, when I left one particular village where I was. And I talked, I talked to the Lord for years about it. If I left earlier than I was supposed to leave, I'm sorry about it. 
I tried to remember the reason I left again. The portion of it I can remember. It sounded reasonable. I said, Lord, but if you think it's not right, I'm sorry. I hope you get my point. But every other decision I've made, I've reviewed everyone. Choosing to go to Lagos, I know I got there. Married the wife I did, I know it happened. Coming to Enugu, it was almost bank, you go to Enugu or else. Do you get my point? Choosing to teach the word of God was not deliberate. Look, my chief, I told you she came to Enugu yesterday, so some of my colleagues were with her, were talking. Along the line, something she still said to confirm that I didn't choose to teach because I wanted to teach. She said this since I was her resident doctor. She knew that teaching was a gift for me. She reminded me yesterday. I was just going to explain something that I was saying something to some secondary school children. He said, you now, you know you have always been a gifted teacher. Yesterday night. So I review everything. I just said, Lord, well, as for where my life is right now, Lord, though, it's your fault. <laughs> I don't know whether you get the point. I don't mean fault as in a bad thing. Now you. If there's anything you think I should adjust, let me know. I will adjust, but I'm not plotting anything. I'm not suddenly going to get wise at this age. I'm over 50 now. It's now I've become wise on how to plan my life. Any plan I didn't make at 30, too late. I run free. You know what they call run free? Now so, free course. I just a worker. Where God opened the door, I enter. Where the door they close, I try the handle. If it doesn't open, I push it. If I push, push. In Jesus' name, open. Not grill opens. You are not my door. Why I walk out from what? Go to another door. If it's a God, if God says break that door, I bring the hammer. If I knock and twice, not come down. I, it has not. The crop never permits. See, let me tell you what. As a believer, eh? listen. Every day, just be arranging how you do things. I don't know what my point. Forget this plan. Be, when I say arrange how you do things, how? How is what I'm saying? When I tell people, please, I'll do your work in three days. Do I do it in three days? If I don't arrange that one, if you can, if you find that answer, I actually want to do it. Then start telling them in six days. Do you get my point? Be a man, be a woman of your word. If you are the type they will give one million after six weeks, you can't, you can't remember where you began spending and where you ended spending. Something's wrong with you. Go and sit down and teach yourself discipline. Yes, these are the, that, that's what I mean by arrange. If they give you a job, do it. If you are working somewhere, get to work on time. Do things you are supposed to do properly. You cannot plot your life. What you will do is every day declare this word of God concerning you. Like I like to say, we cause prosperity to flow towards me like a river. And the wealth of the nations like an overflowing stream. I said, see, if, if I get paid a salary, I say it. Somebody dashes me, 100 naira. I say it. Lord, I thank you. Because you are causing prosperity to flow towards me like a river. And the wealth of the nations like an overflowing stream. Listen, it doesn't cross my mind that I'm succeeding or doing well because I planned well. Everything is a gift. And if things are not working well the way I think they should work well, I go and pray again. But this guy is not going to, at this age, start learning how to plan anything. I'm, I'm, I'm already teaching my children that. Plan with it. If it's that, what's the plan for our life? The only plan I have, if I, you don't want to hear it, you'll be angry with me. Like I told my wife, I don't want my children to scatter all over the world. I said, I said, I'll go to their street. <laughs> um, buy a house for each one of you along the street. So all of you live on this street. So I know where you are. Do you like that plan? If you don't, they start asking which plan <laughs> Because I don't have. Yeah, you're not my responsibility beyond a particular level. The Heavenly Father who sent you to my house, I hope he has a plan for you. He, of course, you know he does. He do, oh, he most certainly does. What I know now is my responsibility. Yes, that's it. 
So I, I, no, that's one thing I, they are here. I teach them. No, no, I said nobody here is younger than Kenny Higgins was when he got healed by force. So all of you should learn to pray. And start looking at that. What are you going to do? Do I look like God to you? I am not God. Everybody learn to pray. Then allow life to happen to you. That's it. Relax. Oh God. Relax. 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 The only place you are supposed to be active is in arranging your life. That is like righteousness, holiness, purpose. Why do I do what I do? Correct my mistakes. That's all. As a way I will get to where I won't get to. No. Don't worry about it. See. Somebody listening to me is supposed to travel somewhere. You don't know yet. They will bring ticket to your house. They will collect your passport from there and say, come. They will return the passport with visa in it. Places you will go to, your friends who have been hustling for years will not be able to get in 10 years. Yet, opportunities will be brought to your house. Let me end with this. The way we believe God to open doors, he also closes doors. So some plans you have had, he's shutting them down 2023. And you keep them shut. You'll be wondering like, for how long? Say, don't worry. When I'm ready, when I am ready, when scripture will become alive for you. When the Lord turned again the captivity of Zion, we're like them that dream. Then was our mouth filled with laughter. You know, filled with laughter. There's we found the one we began to laugh. There's one you check who's laughing there, it is you. Oh, bow your heads and give the Lord thanks. Oh, say, Lord, thank you, 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 thank you.